So uh, let's go ahead and get ready to jump into this. Let me ask this, though. Let me make sure I'm in the right place. How many of us are actually ready for this word? You know, how, how many of us done brought our forks and, and spoons and whatever it is you're going to eat with, you know, and get ready to chew, chew on some meat? Amen. We, we, st we, still, we still ready. We still understand that we need a word to launch us. Grass withers and flower fades, but it is the word of the Lord that stands forever. And when everything else falls in my life, I can turn to the word and get the sustenation that I need. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm actually going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 8. So since you're already in 6, you ought to know how to get to 8. See, so it should be really easy. Really easy. So we're going to Deuteronomy 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you. So much that has happened in this past year. 365 days. It's a lot of days. And every single one of them, you were good. Every single one of them, you were faithful. Every single one of them, you never left me by myself. Come on here. Every single one of them, you walk with me every step of the way. And we say thank you, Lord. And as we are about to close out this year and receive this word, I pray, Lord, that it impacts, it challenges, it strengthens, it gives sustenation, it fills the empty places, and it does what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we make space, we make room for you. You're the master teacher. You're the master communicator. No one does it like you do. And so that's why we need you here to do what you do best. Teach us. Instruct us. Help us to see something a little bit more different. And increase in our faith. And I declare, Lord, that everyone, children included, the one holding the microphone included, everybody that's working right now included, that we all will be strengthened by what it is that we are about to receive from you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. That sounds like the same one, though, that told me I was long-winded. But that's all right. I took that as a compliment. So Deuteronomy 6. Let's, uh, let's get ready to, to do some work. I um, don't really have a title for this. However, I will be swinging uh, from the groundwork that we laid two weeks ago. What do you see? How many people like really were impacted and got something from, from what do you see? You remember that two, two weeks ago, December 22nd? Um, the Lord did some, some amazing things and opening up some jewels to us. So we're going to be kind of swinging a little bit back and forth off, off, of that, off of that same notion. But, but let's go. The Lord, your God, will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Context. This, this is uh, Moses speaking on behalf of God to the children of Israel. 
So this, this is him laying out the promise that they are about to walk into, reminding them of that promise that Abraham, their forefather, got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's laying that out, and this is him talking on God's behalf. So, uh, so he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities, catch it, that you did not build. Mm-hmm. Large, prosperous city that you didn't lay one brick in. Yet the father, I'm telling you, family better be ready to go with me tonight. That you didn't build. You didn't qualify for. You didn't even know existed. Yet the father has something that he wants to hand. So, large and prosperous cities that you did not build. Next verse, Tristan, please. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you didn't dig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you didn't plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land. Next verse. Be careful. Be careful. Why? Not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Let's go, go ahead to uh, Deuteronomy 8. Let's lay, lay a little more groundwork with this. This is uh, Deuteronomy 8 verses 1 through, 1 through 14, I think it is. Either 1 through 14 or 1 through 18. Either way. So we're going to uh, just re read them all. So be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. It's another variation of the same thing we just read, but gives a little more detail. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 years. Keep that word in your mind. Remember. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these 40 years. Humbling you and testing you to prove your character. And to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Next verse. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and the hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your field, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God 
and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. It is a land where food is plentiful. Wait, go, go back for me. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It's a land where iron is common. Okay, read that one already. Go ahead. When you have become full and prosperous, have built fine homes to live in. 13. When your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Thus says the word of, of the Lord. There's a few verses that I meant to put in there, and I apologize that I, that I did not. So give me a, just give me a few moments to, to find those. So I wanted to read uh, verse 15 through 18 of Deuteronomy 8 as well. So we ended at 14 there. Verse 15 says, Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. That's the verse that is the, uh, the remember the Lord your God, for he has given thee power to get wealth. Is that, that same verse. So remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to get wealth or be successful. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with, with an oath. We'll stop right there. We've got a few more verses that we'll look at. Uh, as we go along. So I, I brought all this out because our theme uh, for, for today is the acquisition of promises, breakthroughs, things that we did not work for. If you remember, we laid the groundwork about two months ago when the Lord uh, gave Pastor Ash and myself the theme for, for this service with the understanding that we as a church uh, at Strong City Church, we have a bit of a unique story. We have a unique story. Uh, shout out to anyone that's joining with us uh, through through our stream, and thank you so much for uh, for joining with us. But um, we we've got we've got a unique we got a unique story. I got a serious amen down here. It's so good. But we got we got a unique story. We've got a story where God brought us together and and built a people and is building a people with a miraculous undertone to it. Uh, our story is not common. Uh, our, our story is not one that you would read about uh, that, that is a normal type church plant situation. There were a book that was written on uh, the, the how-to's uh, of church planting, and I've actually been to classes like that, and they got the how-tos and the uh, what you need to be doing six months out, what you need to be doing a year out, what you need to be doing three months out, what you need to be doing one month out from your launch day. And not that those things are, aren't uh, good and don't have their place, but every now and then, God's going to step in and just shake things up a little bit. He'll shake things up a little bit. He'll, he'll, he'll interject into uh, the normalcy of our life. He'll interject into the how-tos and the manual 
rules and everything that everybody says, this is how it ought to be done. He'll step in and he'll shake it up a little bit and do something absolutely unique that really is an outlier that doesn't really have a, a parameter to really measure it by. It just is what it is. And it's something where we always have to come and say, the Lord did it. The Lord did it. That's you. That's Strong City Church. Let me remind us once again. I'm always thinking of this. We meet on a property. Acres and acres and acres and acres. That we, as a people, did not exchange anything for. Nothing came out of our pocket. Not a thing. Nothing came from us to be able to get to be where we are now in the sense of something fiduciary, in the sense of money, in the sense of exchanging or, or bartering this for that. That didn't happen with this. God saw fit. God had a dream. God had a dream in his heart to where he wanted to gather a group of people and he said, I'm going to put them in this particular location. I'm going to gift this to them. I'm going to give them land that they didn't cultivate. I'm going to give them a building that they didn't necessarily build. I'm going to give them equipment they didn't pay for to get them started. I'm going to give them all of these things and give them a bit of a head start because of the work that it is that it is I've called them to. And it's with that understanding... And it's with knowing that truth and always holding on to that, that we come now to here. We come now to December 31st, closing in on one year of having services. Uh, next summer would technically be the official one year. But the, but the idea is, if God did it one time, if God did it one time, if, 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 if God was in a given mood one time, if God had just such a fantastic day, Pastor Anthony, all that while ago when this conversation was happening, where he was like, you know what? I'm going to get that boy Jermaine and I'm going to ruffle the feathers of his life in this city called Greenville. And I'm going to ruffle them in such a way to where he is in absolute panic and confusion because he can't figure out what is going on. And later on, I'm going to lead him to December 31st, 2019 so that he can look back in retrospect and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. And all of us have a different angle of that. All of us have a different angle of how we came to be here, how we, how we got involved, but we all have the common thread that God was in a given mood. And it's with that undertone, and the children of Israel have this same undertone because there's a promise that was given to their forefathers that God is saying to them, listen, you're coming into it, but there is a danger that you need to be aware of. There's a danger in promise acquisition. See, we don't think about this. I heard, uh, who is it? Pastor Darius Daniels called it the backside of every blessing. There's a backside to every blessing. We see the front side. That thing's so pretty. It's gorgeous. But we, re we don't recognize that more of this might mean more of that. We don't, we don't, 
We don't recognize that more uh, uh, free time because now you're a business owner also means more possible headaches and responsibilities because now you're the business owner. We don't, we don't, we don't recognize that now being an empty nester, kids out the house, woohoo, may also mean that there's bills and unexpected things that might come your way because the child has gotten involved in a situation that they can't get themselves out of. There's a backside to every blessing. And the backside that they are being warned about is that if you forget how you got here, if, if, if you have a memory lapse as to how you got to this point, and then in that memory lapse, you start to say, Man, I'm a bad dude. I did that. I, I worked that thing out. That phone call came because I called it in in Jesus' name. If I get, if I get caught up in that, there's a, I'm slipping into the danger of the promise. And see, the promise itself is not dangerous. It's just what can happen to me. If I have not set my heart posture in the right way to make sure that just because I got the promise, that's not going to replace God. Because I've got to have the creator if I want what it is that he gave to me. So we track him. We track him. So the children of Israel have, have spent a, a great deal of time in the wilderness prepping for promise attainment. Because although the promise had a lot of age on it, because remember, it was given to Abraham. So we've gone through Abraham, we've gone through Isaac, we've gone through Jacob, and this is when people live for hundreds and hundreds of years. We're not talking about passing away at 85, 72, you know, the, what ages we see now. We're talking 500 years old, 700 years old. So these, these brothers have seen a lot. So you've got three generations that have passed away, and now God is talking to their children about the promise that he gave to them. So they spent a great little time in the wilderness prepping for promise attainment because although the promise had a lot of age on it, it was old, it had yet to be fulfilled, so it was still new. So it was old, yet still new at the same time. New because nobody's seen it yet. Still having a sense of newness because nobody's seen it yet. Old because we know we've heard the story but still new because no one has seen it yet. Give me uh, Isaiah 43, please. There's a verse that helps me, helps me, lay, helps me lay this foundation. 43.19. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the, uh, in the dry wasteland. I want to just focus in on that first part. If I'm about to do something new, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? The fact that the question of do you not see it being asked means that there's no point of reference for the something new. There's no point of reference because most of the time what we think, because New Year's Eve, th there's churches all over this city, this state, this nation that's coming from the tone of something new coming forward in 2020. Problem is with something new, you don't know what that looks like. I have no point of reference for new because I've never seen it. If I have seen something before, then it can't be, it can't be new. 
New is not you in a 2.0 version of yourself. New is a complete transformation in who it is that I am. Come on, Paul, talk to us. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old, passed away, and all things become new. So if all things become new and I am a new creature, then that means that I am stepping onto the scene and I am something that has never been seen before. And here, and here God is saying from the prophet Isaiah that he's doing something new. So there is this new that God is wanting to bring us into. And there's a, a stability that we have to build in his presence and in trusting him. So that when we start to navigate into the new waters, we don't panic. Because nothing can make people panic more than being in a place they don't feel comfortable. And could the new be a place I might feel uncomfortable for a little bit because it's something I've never experienced before. It's new. But the new is not something necessarily to be feared, but it is something that I have to recognize and make sure that I understand that the new may mean that I have no point of reference for it. So the children of Israel have this this old promise yet new promise because it's something that they've never seen. I've heard about it but I don't know what that looks like. So God uh, uh, putting them uh, on his training regiment to make sure that they are ready to acquire this promise. Acquire this breakthrough. Acquire whatever it might have been that they wrote on their piece of paper back then. The acquisition of what's to come in this next year. It's not just the, the simplicity of, of writing down on the paper and the, the motion and the offering and everything. All of that was symbolic that, we, that, we, that everybody's doing tonight. All of that is symbolic for us recognizing and understanding that there is something that God wants to get to me. More so than I want to have it. That's a tough one to see. That God wants to release it to me more than I want to have it. And I know how bad I want to have it. You know how bad you want to have it. And in that, God has more passion toward it than you do. But there are a few things that I have to make sure are built up as, as I'm being trained for the promise. So with, with uh, the children of Israel being trained for the promise, for starters, they were led the long route out of their slavery. They were led the long route out of their slavery. That's in Exodus 13, where God said that he took them the long route because they were going to uh, be fearful of the Philistines and the fight that they would have to fight. So because he knew that that was going to happen with them, he took them a longer route to get to the same place that they would have only had to go a few days trip. Because of trying to work something out of their mentality and work something out of their minds. So he, 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 got, he got them going on that long route because of the state of their minds, their appetites at this stage of the journey. They did not have an appetite to fit the fullness of the favor of acceleration. So they were trained in the hunger of delay. So we've got fullness and we've got hunger. You got, we got to remember, and we'll probably talk about this next week too, the, the appetite that they had developed in slavery was for what's called leeks and onions. But God refused to feed them that. Because I'm not going to let you bring the appetite of slavery into the journey of freedom. 
you got to change and develop your palate to start to eat the fruit of where it is that God is taking you. And I can't snack and dine on yesterday's meals and continue to pray and believe that God's going to usher me into the promise of tomorrow. Because I have to make sure that my appetite is being fit for where it is that I'm going. So, so they, they being in that long ride, and we know that it took them 40 years, didn't necessarily have to take them 40 years, but that's how long it took them. And within that 40 years, there was a working out of them of what everything that needed to be removed out of them so that they could be promise ready. And can I say, and I'm sure that everybody can, can agree to a certain extent, that in 2019, there was a bit of uh, working out in us of things that were unfit for promise attainment. There were some mindsets. There were some attitudes. There were some adjustments that had to be done and had to be moved and shifted. And it may have been painful in the moment, but it wasn't just for the sake of pain. It was for the sake of, I've got something that I'm putting into your hands, but if you steal like leeks and onions, you're not going to treat this right. You're not going to treat this right if I steal like the leeks and the onions. So Israel was guided. They were guided in their detox and they were trained in their detox. So they were guided in their detox through the going through the uh, long wilderness route. And the detox had to take place because of the new and different thing that God wanted to introduce to them. So they did not, they did not have the palate for it. We just talked about that. So they had to shift and change their diet. And also, too, that, that if in, that, in that text, it says that they were fearing the Philistines. So because of your fear... Your fear is going to grip you in a way where you're going to lose a battle you actually could win, but you're going to lose it out the gate because of fear being within you. So because fear is within you, I'm going to lead you this long way. And in leading you this long way, I'm going to work out this fear work this fear out of you so that that's no longer an issue and can I say to us in 2020 we have absolute zero space for fear we have absolute zero space for the spirit of fear that is not of God we, it's guaranteed that, that, that it did not come from God. He is not the author of it, but he gives us the spirit that has power, love, and sound-mindedness, discipline, self-control. That is the spirit that comes from him. So I'm, I am not to partake of the spirit of fear because the spirit of fear will put me on a long route that I don't even have to be on. It'll put me on a long ride that I don't even have to be on. So, so Proverbs 28.1 tells us that the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee from something. Yes, amen, baby. Thank you so much. The wicked flee and no one is chasing them. The wicked run and ain't nothing going on. But the righteous have an ability to stand strong. And in standing strong, we are able to stand in the posture of saying that come what may, I'm going to stand flat-footed believing the promise of God and knowing that there is something that he wants me to acquire and there's something that he wants me to have. But I have to make sure that my palate has been shifted and moved so that I am eating of the fruit and eating of what it is that I need to eat from so that the promise of God is able to break forth out of my life we tracking 
Good, good, good. So they were guided in their detox and they were trained in their detox. So they were trained in their detox because of the hunger that God put on them intentionally. We saw, we saw in uh, Deuteronomy 8 that he said that I made, I made you hungry so that you, you would be humbled. I'm going to use hunger and let you suffer hunger so that you're humbled and so that you recognize that man doesn't live by what goes in the belly alone. But he lives by what comes from the mouth of the Lord. So in other words, God trains me for my days of fullness by watching how I handle my hungry days. He trains me for full. He trains me for being filled. He trains me for being in days of plenty by making me hungry. Making me suffer lack. Making me suffer without. And I'm going to watch what you do. I'm going to watch the undertone attitude. I'm going to watch how you handle this. I'm going to listen to the secret thoughts and secret whispers that you give that only you hear or so you thought. I'm going to watch and be, I'm going to be careful and be watchful of that because I'm going to take hunger and make it for your own good. Remember we read that? For your own good. I'm going to take it for your own good and I am going to use it to prepare you for days of fullness because what hunger does for me is build an appreciation for any sense of fullness that comes into my life because when I start to get filled and start to get plenty there's an appreciation that rises within me because I remember days when I did not have, days when I could not days when I would not days when it just wasn't available and then now it is available and there's an appreciation that rises there so that I am able to keep away from me the danger of fullness which is I forget the Lord I forget the Lord so I got to make sure that I'm that I am fully staying in this posture of being trained for the promise so beware that you don't forget the Lord not necessarily by the memory lapse or something that you say but by how you act not keeping the commandments the judgments the statutes now for us being in the new covenant it's not that we don't have to uh, obey the word but uh, we are no longer under the law we're under grace Jesus Christ took care of taking care of keeping of all the commandments, the judgments, the statutes. And we come in through faith in him. And then we are looked at as if we kept up with all the judgments, kept up with all those things, the 613 laws. So for us, it's a type and shadow of telling us that we need to be more spirit led. We have to be a spirit-led people, people that allow the Holy Spirit to reside within us and his movings and his promptings are able to navigate and move us and we obey those things that he says to us. That's, that's us being in a place and in a posture to where we keep ourselves uh, promise ready, keeping ourselves promise ready. Now, verse 12 had something pretty significant in it. I'm keeping an eye on that clock because we're, the way we're going to end this, I have uh, some declarations that I'm going to make over us. And it's something that's going to catapult us into, into this next decade. Verse 12, when you have eaten and are full. King, uh, New King James says that less when you have eaten and are full. Can I let us know that God wants you to eat and not just eat, 
God wants you full. Yeah, wants you full. God's not into having you struggle just for the sake of struggling. God's not into not blessing his children. God's not into not gift giving. We get a testimony of it every time we gather together. Just put your hand on the wall if you need a reminder. You want to touch a miracle, stomp your foot. And let let it serve as a reminder that God wants me full. God wants me full because he, he listed it all. He listed everything down that, that, that's going to happen, all the, the things that you're going to get, the, the, olive, the, olive, uh, the olive plants and the pomegranates and houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, all of these things you're going to get. Say it, when you have eaten are full, not if you eat are full. When you eat and when you get full, Make sure that there is not a forgetting, a forgetting of how it is that you got there. Make sure that there's not a forgetting. So that, that shows that, that the life of fullness, the life of fullness had a danger to it for the children of Israel because they had the propensity of forgetting and actually being deceived by the promise could be deceived by the promise because in the promise there is there is some kind there is a mechanism within humanity to where when I get elevated if I have not dealt properly with my heart and I have not allowed the Holy Spirit to deal with uh, humbling me I will take credit for what it is that has been done and that was the danger that, that, he was, that he was warning them against. To make sure that, that you remember that, that when you come into your day of fullness, when you come into your plenty, when you come into breakthrough, when you come into everything that, that, everything that was written down on the car, when God begins to elevate and bring that into your life and God begins to blow your life up and everything that you pray for is given to you and laid right in front of you, when all the promises of yes and amen begin to shower and overtake you and when, the, when there is such a goodness that is being shown to you that it causes you to fear just like Hosea 3 5 says that there's a day coming to where there is a fear that is coming over the people because of the goodness of God. When those days start to come, make sure that there's not a memory lapse. Make sure that we understand. So as God begins to grow this and, and elevate the ministry and take us in the new heights and take us in the new places, we got to make sure that we're able to come back. That we're able to come back. To the days when it was just us. To the days where we had shared responsibility and making sure that everything got what it needed to get and got to the place that it needed to get to. Coming back to that and making sure that I keep a sense of stability. Knowing that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would not be where we are and if it is not for the Lord who is on your side you won't get to where you're trying to go right now you're not going to get to where it is that you're trying to go right now 
So I have to make sure that there is a remembering within me. This is a, fair, this is a fairly short message, but I mean, it, it, it's, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Because we're moving into a time of promise acquisition. We're not just going to sit here and pray, decree, and declare and never see things break forth in our life. We're going to pray. We're going to decree. We're going to agree with each other. And we're going to see. I am declaring and believing that in, 20, in 2020, we are going to see full manifestation, full manifestation of the promise of God. And so now we're about to get ready to roll into these declarations. Hallelujah. I need everybody to go ahead and stand on your feet. Stand on your feet as we're about to get ready to embark on these declarations. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. We stand in the midst of the miraculous power of God on a weekly basis. God has initiated our story with his hand, working something that we, that we could not and only he could. We today are capitalizing on this reality by reinforcing it in our hearts and faith. We first enter into your gates, God, with thanksgiving in your courts with praise and lay the foundation of this praise for you to inhabit with gratitude. We say thank you for leading us this far, for seeing us this far, for the guidance that we received this year, for the lessons we learned this year, for the sweet victories because they showed us that you heard what we asked for, for the heart-riching pains and defeats because even though we walked through them, we did not walk through them alone. Yahweh, we are grateful to you for the everyday breakthroughs that we take for granted and put no thought to. We thank you for the ways that you keep guard and defend us that we are always aware of. We seal our hearts with a coating of thanksgiving to preserve us from growing cold and callous toward life and fellow humanity. Make us a people that won't always put ourselves first and others second. Move the fear in our hearts that puts us in a mode of retreat, survival, and self-preservation. We, When we've been made to flow from a gratitude and trust knowing that the plan set for us by you is the safest place that we can be at any given moment. I declare that there is a yes and amen that is being spoken over this company of people that is going to open doors that we never saw coming. There are moves coming from unexpected places. There are conversations holding our names that, that we know nothing about that will, will result in tremendous favor shown toward us. There are opportunities that we will be able to take advantage of that will pull on places in our inner man that we not even, did not even know we possess. I am declaring that the dormant stalemate gifts are being unlocked and unleashed in this coming decade in Jesus' name. I come Call forth the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, both in the church and in the marketplace. Kings and priests, those called to instruct us in doctrine in the church, and those who are to infiltrate the marketplace with the presence of the kingdom of God and bringing the cultural influence of the kingdom of heaven into this world. I say unto you by the Spirit of Yahweh, go forth, rise up, create, write, score, influence, challenge, push the bar. Do not back down and do not cower away but take your place amongst the greats and if you believe it give God a shout happy 